This Spotlight edition of the Security Ledger podcast is sponsored by Armis. Armis is the first agentless enterprise-class security platform to address the new threat landscape of unmanaged and IoT devices. Armis discovers devices on and off the network, continuously analyzes endpoint behavior to identify risks and attacks, and protects critical information and systems by identifying suspicious or malicious devices and quarantining them. Fortune 1000 companies trust Armis's unique out-of-band sensing technology to discover and analyze all managed, unmanaged, and IoT devices, from traditional devices like laptops and smartphones to new unmanaged smart devices like smart TVs, webcams, printers, HVAC systems, industrial robots, medical devices, and more. Check them out at armis.com. Hello, and welcome to a Spotlight edition of the Security Ledger podcast. I'm your host, Paul Roberts, Editor-in-Chief at the Security Ledger, in this episode of the podcast. And if you start to realize that these physical security cameras, these backplane um, internet or LAN devices, these specific printers running alongside these critical assets are ultimately part of the attack path to compromise this device, that's when you can start intentionally and intelligently applying controls. In the past decade, security threats posed by the Internet of Things have grown from a curious what-if into an urgent problem affecting national security. Earlier this month, for example, CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, warned of ongoing cyber attacks targeting water and wastewater facilities. Those attacks are targeting both IT and OT, or operational technology networks, including industrial control systems and SCADA systems. But in truth, IoT risk is something that affects organizations of all types and sizes, from critical infrastructure owners and operators down to small businesses. Still, the vast majority of security technology available to these organizations was designed to fight the last war securing mostly traditional IT networks made up of Windows, laptops, desktops, and servers, even as a menagerie of non-traditional endpoints, most of them running operating systems other than Windows, have cropped up on corporate networks. Identifying and then securing these new endpoints is a critical need for organizations of all sizes. But what does it take to get that done? In this episode of the podcast, we're joined by Curtis Simpson, the CISO at Armis. In this conversation, Curtis and I talk about the size and shape of the IoT device population in enterprises. My name is Curtis Simpson, and I am the CISO at Armis. Curtis, welcome to the Security Ledger podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on. I don't think we've had you on before, so this is a uh, this is a welcome first. For our listeners, Curtis, who aren't familiar with Armis, could you tell us just a little bit about the company and also, you know, your remit there as CISO? Um, so Armis is a security solution provider, um, and where we really fundamentally help our customers is we help them identify every single connected device in their environment identify exactly what those devices are, what normal looks like in a business landscape, and what abnormal looks like, and then facilitate single pane of glass vulnerability management across IoT, OT, and IT as such that you can truly build a single resilience plan and execute that resilience plan from a common platform 
which includes even responding to potential incidents that may affect any of those devices within that landscape and be able to contain and respond to that attack before it turns into much something much larger. Company's been around for five years now. Um, where we've been recently evaluated at, well, there's, there's a story out there, but we've been recently evaluated at, at least two billion dollars. Um, very significant growth, and continuing to see very significant growth. And yeah, so happy to be here. And my role, traditional CISO responsibilities plus, right? So I, I operate as voice of the customer in a number of different capacities. I work very closely with our product organization on strategy and again as voice of the customer um, and also work very closely with our sales and marketing organizations from many different perspectives, including but not limited to hosting many different um, thought leadership events and working very closely with the community on an ever evolving landscape of, of risk affecting devices that we've historically not been so concerned with. Talk just a little bit about Armis's technology and kind of your secret sauce. Like when you, when you go into an, an enterprise, into an organization, what, what do you bring to the table? Our secret sauce lies in what we dub our knowledge base. And our knowledge base today consists of over a billion unique devices that we've profiled up to 8,000 points of attribution. Why is that so powerful? Well, the company was formed initially to address the vacuum of IoT and OT being that all of our traditional tech can fundamentally or fundamentally relies upon either agent deployments or active integrations with a lot of the solutions and services that we're trying to protect. When you get into this IoT and OT landscape, that's just not applicable. So uh, Curtis, when we're talking about like Internet of Things in enterprise organizations these days, wh what are we talking about? What types of devices are out there and, you know, are escaping the notice of IT and security teams? Yeah, really good question. Now, it does, as you would imagine, vary to some extent by industry and sector. There's both the IoT that we've always had and like we've never really cared as much about for a number of different reasons. One of them being we've had many different exposures and risks we've had to worry about that surpassed the, the level of risk that those were facing. And then there's the new types of devices that have been continuously introduced within our environments. When I look at the environment that I came from when I was on the corporate side of the world, I came from a food service landscape. We had temperature sensors and humidity sensors and even specific noxious gas sensors and such like that. There were all, all IoT devices, both revolving around availability and safety. There was a third component as well, which was the IoT that we were developing for consumption by our customers. So we're seeing IoT from many different perspectives. IoT includes our network backplane devices as an example. And if we look at that specific example, we look at the set of vulnerabilities that we disclosed as in our Armis research team last year around a set of critical vulnerabilities affecting Cisco devices. What we've seen is that the vast majority of those devices are not patched. And that's the small subset of IoT devices that we can patch and quite frankly should be patching at this point because now we're facing what we've historically faced with those types of devices is a situation where those devices are being compromised and then recovering from a, a backplane compromise is pretty difficult. We're also talking about other devices like printers and, and cameras that have become smarter and smarter and smarter, at least in terms of how they're connected. And those are being actively exploited everywhere because they exist everywhere. We've seen active toolkits that are now including exploits that are specifically honed around things like printers and phones and cameras because there's only a certain number of 
the typical makes and models being consumed by most enterprises and they're everywhere. It really runs the gamut. The reality though is everyone has it and it permeates the entire landscape across every network, including the networks that haven't been segmented for this direct purpose. Yeah. I mean, in, in some ways this isn't a new thing, right? I mean, the Mirai botnet was whatever it was four or five years ago. Um, there was the, the target breach. It came way by way of a, of an HVAC um, you know, contractor and, and, you know, accessing HVAC systems, you know, support systems. Um, and yet, I mean, my sense is still much of the, you know, enterprise IT ecosystem, IT security ecosystem is still geared around, you know, the usual suspects, which are, you know, desktops, laptop servers, and by and large, you know, Windows um, operating system. Um, is, is that your experience as well? 100%. And what's interesting is even though we're seeing this, this focus on growing capabilities into these areas, quite frankly, due to the sheer propagation of the attacks and newsworthy events that we continue to see on a near daily basis, what we are seeing is we've built very solid muscles over a long period of time, to your point, around traditional IT footprints. And what we're struggling with to some extent as a larger community is expanding that that view across our entire set of resources and tooling to include the full gamut of those connected computers in our environment. So folks are acknowledging that they've got to focus on this across many industries and sectors. The challenge right now, though, is getting past some of those typical hurdles that we apply ourselves and that, that exist around us politically to really leapfrog where we've been historically to actually be able to rapidly enable our capabilities around these devices that are actively being attacked on a daily basis. You're listening to a Spotlight edition of the Security Ledger podcast sponsored by Armis. So you mentioned the sort of uh, Cisco backplane as an example of IoT that most people probably wouldn't think of when they think of IoT. They think of like, you know, uh, CCTV or, you know, surveillance cameras, or like you said, the printers and, you know, the smart coffee maker in the, in the commissary or something like that. Um, the fish tank famously, right? The, the, the internet connected fish tank. <laughs> if you were to sort of sit down with an organization and say, look, you know, here are the types of systems that you really need to be paying a lot more attention to, you know, especially where, like you say, the, the, maybe the, the attitude is, you know, if it, if it ain't broke, don't, don't patch it, so to speak. Um, uh, where where should they be looking for you know potential exposures that are systems that just don't look like traditional IT systems you know that are running embedded software but that are vulnerable and and pose a risk? Yeah, great question. And it's it's there's many different ways of looking at this, of course. Now, what we what I talk about often with various different customers and practitioners in the space is visibility is king. And you've really got to start looking at your, your environment from the inside and the outside. And there's, there are existing free capabilities that we can and should be looking at now. We, we commonly reference tooling like Shodan, but don't often use it when we should in cases like, do we have IoT and OT devices communicating directly over the internet that are just shocking and unknown to us? These are computers, right? So we've got to think about this these edge devices that we're always worried about now broadening scope in terms of venturing into these other types of devices that are being used to compromise our landscape. And visibility is king from a couple different perspectives. 
Gone are the days where we can patch everything and just deploy controls everywhere and just make sure the controls are everywhere and then fundamentally try to provide our board and executives with confidence that we're good. Really, as we look at how complex these landscapes are, like the environment I came from with these interconnected IT and OT environments with IoT smattering across these landscapes, is we've really got to look at this now from a cyber resilience perspective. Right. And what that means is if we think about what are those critical business services and solutions in our environment, where, what networks are they running within, what devices are interconnecting with them, which do they rely upon, which have line of sight to those devices. And as you start looking at business capabilities and services and then what could disrupt them, now you're able to start actually building a resiliency plan that focuses on what you can and should do. Because in many cases, these devices not only can't be patched, patching them causes them to be unavailable and irrecoverable. And then you've got other critical assets like OT devices that are powering critical areas of the business that can almost never go down. It comes down to understanding what's in your environment, how those things stack up to those most critical businesses and services. And if you start to realize that these physical security cameras this, these backplane um, internet or LAN devices, these specific printers running alongside these critical assets are ultimately part of the attack path to compromise this device. That's when you can start intentionally and intelligently applying controls. That's when you can intentionally start applying segmentation, start applying restrictions on traffic paths and how devices are communicating with one another. But it all starts with visibility, understanding what tech is in the landscape, looking at what are those most critical services that the business truly needs me to maintain availability and safety around, and how do I continue to do that and bring confidence back? It's really looking at it from the top and the bottom and taking and ensuring that you've got tooling that can cover the full gamut of every type of device that may exist within the landscape and enable your ability to continually monitor these devices because it's important for us to acknowledge that we don't really know what they are. We've talked about the fact that we've focused mostly on IT assets our entire careers. We don't know what these things are doing. We don't know how they've been architected. We don't know how they've been constructed. We don't know much about them. So monitoring is just a key element beyond the visibility piece that just needs to be a constant vein throughout building this program. If you were to sort of talk at a high level, um, where are the um, risks and attacks these days? Um, are you seeing any kind of concentration of activity around certain type, certain platforms um, or uh, industry verticals uh, that uh, organizations, listeners should be aware of? Yeah, you bet. Um, much of what we're seeing parallels what federal agencies have been seeing and warning us of in more recent months. Um, we're seeing extensive and continuous attacks on OT, ICS, SCADA-enabled operations. And these attacks are fundamentally playing out the way that I said, this, this penetration through IT, social engineering, moving into IoT, rec executing reconnaissance activities over days, weeks, months, and then through that reconnaissance, understanding the highest impact that you can have through a ransomware or ransom-based attack to ultimately bring that company down or force the ransom. We're seeing this extensively across any of those types of industries, but very much so to call it a few, healthcare. Um, healthcare is 
well known to typically have a very flat network. Many, many industries and sectors do, many operations do, but healthcare has got an interestingly flat network consisting of IoT, OT, and IT devices at scale. And many of those devices are running common operating systems like Windows and Android and Linux. So what we see in those types of environments is ransomware spreads like the plague. It starts affecting not just traditional IT, but everything, patient services, devices, and you name it. When we look at manufacturing, very much a target because of the near 24 by 7 requirements um, in terms of availability, the safety des- or demands within that space. There's a continued that continued level of focus against that that market as well. Um, we are seeing critical infrastructure or targets against critical infrastructure as we've very much seen being warned by federal agencies and supply chains in general. One of the things that the NSA and FBI warned us of, or the NSA and CISA, sorry, warned us of a while back was that we were going to see an increase in these attacks, both from the OT and ICS perspective, but also in terms of the supply chain. What they were warning us of is the pandemic just shone a massive spotlight onto specific supply chains that could not only do a lot of downstream damage, but were susceptible. We've seen it recently with agricultural co-ops, which are supply chains within a supply chain. So the downstream ripple effect is pretty massive. And this is an organization that's long since used tractors and such. Like I look at John Deere, who's long since said they're a technology company versus a tractor company. You look at those types of devices have been connected for a long time, but there hasn't necessarily been the security rigor or investments putting into securing those types of landscapes. A lot of this has just become more clear because of the recent world events. And as a result of that, we're, we're just seeing this continued uptick that's not going away. It's just becoming more relevant. Right. And we saw, obviously, CISA this week uh, warning and, and in recent weeks warning on, uh, you know, w- wastewater and water treatment facilities and obviously agriculture, food and agriculture. Um, you know, many of these uh, appear to be ransomware attacks. And yet there are obviously when you're talking about like food production or water treatment, there's there's an overlay of, you know, is this a nation state um, uh, attack? Is this part of some larger um, design or plan to, you know, uh, undermine critical uh, functions? Um, do, you, do you get any sense about that? I mean, it obviously the, the you know, ransomware is kind of the What's what's happening most commonly out there in the threat landscape? But um, is is there any suggestion from what you you have seen at Armis that there's there's something bigger going on with these attacks? It very much. I think what both I've seen and what we're seeing in the industry as a whole is it's a hybrid, right? And there's a serious Venn diagram going on in terms of we've got ransomware for lease, for rent, whatever you want to call it, where you're able to actually take advantage of some of these larger packages and capabilities that have been established by these bioactor groups. We are very much continuing to see this undertone, though, as well of individual actor groups that very much seem to have strong connections back to nation states. This is going to continue to be the case. And and if you look at just the opportunity to disrupt and then take advantage of disruption downstream, and as we think about what our agencies and governments even saying is this is the new attack factor, right? Not just from a, a, a typical adversarial standpoint, but as we look at how nations are attacking each other, this is just a continued 
investment. And my two cents is if we've got, if we have the agencies like CISA and NSA really hitting the megaphone from the rooftops and telling us that we need to build a program overnight, those aren't just private actors at play. That's my two cents. You know, we've seen recently, you know, supply chain software supply chain attacks and, uh, you know, incidents like SolarWinds and Kaseya, um, you know, targeting, you know, wide range of, of government, non-government organizations. Um, the supply chain for a lot of these IoT devices is also pretty, you know, vulnerable, pretty, pretty uh, vulnerable looking, um, particularly around, you know, software updates. You know, you got vendors maybe not having signed updates and, um, you know, companies that are just not used to being, you know, on point when it comes to security for their products. Do you see that as a risk for uh, organizations that they should be paying more attention to as well, um, you know, uh, when it comes to, to managing these devices? I do, but the only thing I caution us all on is that we can't continue to put all the eggs in that basket, right? That very much is the case. As you're saying, we've got vendors that don't really understand or have any capabilities around security, building point solutions that they're selling to enterprises and consumers and such just because the market demands some capability at a low cost. We're seeing other vendors that are issuing very effective patches, but they maybe struggle for people to implement at scale. The, the challenge I would say, or the larger challenge I would say, or the largest challenge facing any organization or operation right now is their lack of visibility into any of it. Do we have issues with the manufacturers? Of course we do. They're, we rarely know what components they've built into a device. Again, they may have all sorts of challenges in terms of security operations internally. I know when we've identified, when we've identified vulnerabilities in a large number of devices and a number of cases, we reach out to some of those vendors and the term PCERT isn't something they're familiar with, let alone do they have a team spun up around the ability to receive or distribute that kind of information. So it is real. But what's more real, again, is that we don't know what we have. We don't know how those assets are being used in our environments. And that's the more real situation that I see in most places versus we don't really understand enough about the specific manufacturer, how they manufactured our device. With technical visibility, we can overcome a lot of those challenges that historically we haven't been able to. Okay. So for organizations that are listening and that um, may have uh, or suspect they have uh, devices out there in their environment that maybe they're not managed as closely as they should be. What are some first steps that they can take to start to get their arms around this problem of, um, uh, you know, IoT device management and and really understanding what the, their their IT landscape looks like? Yeah. I, one of the things I often recommend, and whether it's with us or anyone else, quite frankly, is because you've really got to start from a place of visibility, I'll often hear things like, well, we're just going to execute a segmentation program and that's how we're going to solve this challenge. That's part of the solution. It has to start with visibility. And what I typically recommend is if we harken back to the days of solutions like DLP-based solutions, we didn't really understand what data flows were challenging within our environment. One of the things that we would often do to understand our full exposure across the entire landscape is 
execute a POC or a POV or some sort of short-term assessment that's low to no cost, typically no cost, and see what you're dealing with, right? Because that is at least a litmus test to understand what level of risk you're facing. And I can say when I was facing this risk on the enterprise side of the house, that's exactly what I did. I looked at a couple products, Armis being one of them, and deployed those products into a couple of our unique footprint locations that I knew were of higher risk, I didn't have enough visibility into, et cetera, and provided myself with enough visibility to know that I needed to take additional action. And what I would also argue is that when we follow that approach, we're able to get data, we're able to get a better understanding of the risk that's facing the business such that we can sell internally. A lot of the times we're having to speak to business risks without any contextual insights from our own landscape and use impacts to others, exposures that we've seen elsewhere, understanding the exposure from our own perspective, relating it back to the business and then using that to sell internally is a far more effective approach than trying to do it from a bottom-up perspective. Mm. Um, we're coming into um, Q4. Well, we're in Q4. We're coming up on the end of the year. So I thought I'd ask you kind of what, what first of all, what trends you see um, going into 2022 um, around some of these, um, you know, risks, threats, and attacks on, you know, non-traditional IT systems, IoT, whatever you want to call it. And the other question is, you know, what's coming up with Armas? What are you guys up to? Yeah. So we're going to see more of what we've been seeing recently. It's the kind of the short and unfortunate answer to that question. As I've looked at the sheer number of vulnerabilities being disclosed around IoT and OT devices these days, you're talking tens a month. And the challenge is, is those devices aren't being patched because they can't be in most cases. So these vulnerabilities are stacking on top of one another at the end of the day. Um, so we're going to see more exploitation, unfortunately. We're going to see continued impacts to supply chain. We will likely see impacts to critical infrastructure. Um, Everything's moving as quickly as it can, or a lot of things are moving as quickly as they can right now. But if we go back to what the NSA and CISA really warned us of, is this, we, we can't really follow the same approach we have traditionally, which is slowly figure this out. We have to figure it out now. And again, these attacks are happening as such that if they do affect our availability and safety of operations, that impact is exponentially more than the proactive efforts could ever be. And I think we've got to remember that and look at what we're seeing across the landscape, because again, we're going to see more of this and it's about building a program now, starting with visibility. In terms of where we're going to see Armas continue to, to grow, really at the end of the day, we're going to continue to grow even more and more into being this single pane of glass into your environment to help you manage risk that aligns back to the business. It's not just about what assets are are potentially exposing your operations, but how they're exposing your critical services, your critical solutions, et cetera. And I continue to hear this from um, everyone we talk to and that we've got to make this easier for all of us. And we're going to continue to contribute to that larger effort. Curtis Simpson of Armis, thanks so much for coming on and speaking with us on the Security Ledger podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to a Spotlight edition of the Security Ledger podcast sponsored by Armis. Armis is the first agentless enterprise class security platform to address the new threat landscape of unmanaged and IoT devices. 
Armis discovers devices on and off the network, continuously analyzes endpoint behavior to identify risks and attacks, and protects critical information and systems by identifying suspicious or malicious devices and quarantining them. Fortune 1000 companies trust Armis's unique out-of-band sensing technology to discover and analyze all managed, unmanaged, and IoT devices from traditional devices like laptops and smartphones to new unmanaged smart devices like smart TVs, webcams, printers, HVAC systems, industrial robots, medical devices, and more. Check them out at armis.com.